quickly I uh, dodged that bullet this year. It's always Although, nice when you can get through season without a vet bill. <laughs> yeah, except now it's, well, you know, our well, actually today is a, technically the last day of our season. Thursday is the last day I hunted. It got super hot. Um, it was, well, it's in the mid-80s again today, and I don't know. I, I just kind of had enough and wanted to chase my bird dogs around some. <laughs> so, But uh, I had a dog, one of my, well, Izzy, my, call her my best dog, I guess. She, I could tell the last couple of days, that I hunted there, she just wasn't quite right and not eating very good. She's got something going on now. Oh, um, no. It's not related to a bear injury or anything. It's just something stupid that dogs get. I had her into the vet once, and they, they're they not, they, they couldn't find anything wrong, but, I mean, I can tell you she has, she has yeah, she has not been eating well. There's something wrong. And of course, here I am leaving for Montana on a couple days and told my wife, I'm like, man, this is the worst time for me to go. Cause you know, I obviously want to be able to keep an eye on her, but she's like, I'll keep an eye on her. So that's good. But that's something's going on. I, I think it, I just need to let it, it's just got to get a little worse before we can put our finger on it, you know? Isn't that the worst as no. a mechanic? Okay. Like ex mechanic. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Runner, like, but watcher is real. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. Sometimes stuff has to get worse, but you know, well, you guys deal with a lot of like tick borne disease stuff and like Giardia too, don't you? Yeah. And that's what I assumed it was. I assumed it was Lyme's disease. So I, you know, or uh, anaplasmosis or, you know, some, some tick. Tick related yeah. disease. So I, I started her on doxycycline right away, which yep. the only negative to that is when I took her to the vet, she she tested fine for all that stuff. And now the vet is wondering if that doxycycline doesn't have test. Well, and and whatever she does have going on, if it's some sort of other infection or whatever, that it's kind of got it knocked down enough that they couldn't that they couldn't, yeah. you know, basically figure it out. One thing he was worried about was her uterus. And apparently post heat cycle, they can get, I can't even remember the, the namey pio or something like that. Um, oh, I think like he called it pio. Yeah. They, they can get pyometria after a heat cycle. So he's wondering if that's yeah. not it, but he's like, I, I wonder if the doxycycline that you gave her's kind of got it, which it's, it's not going to take care of it, but it might mask it enough that they're right. not seeing it on the ultrasound or something, you know? So How old is she? She uh, just turned four. So yeah, she's young. I, mean, I know we always watched our older females, you know, like sure. seven, eight and older for Pio. But I don't know, man. Doxy is one of those things that I definitely keep it in the tool toolbox. Oh, yeah. I, I've, that's, well, I, I've got limes chronic limes myself so um oh, do you? i've got plenty of doxycycline on hand all the time because it's it's either me or a dog tip typically that's got a flare up so. right you know we had did i tell you about like the the nutrients enhancement program i found out about i can't mm -mm. remember if it was you or oh no it was kelly i was talking to so out here Oregon Department of Fish and Wildlife has this program and it's called like uh, nutrient re-enhancement programs. Well, what that translates to is they take all the dead salmon from the fish hatcheries 
and they go dump them up in the creeks in the mountain. Well, for like three years, I'm going to say at least three years, me and, and a close group of people we know around here local, it's like every December, January, we would get dogs with salmon poisoning. Or, well, like at at the time we didn't know about it, most of them. But after we started putting all the pieces together, sure enough, like we saw a post on Facebook that they were doing this program in the area. And it's like, I lost a dog last year. Um, I just, I don't think we caught it quick enough because we hit him with Doxy immediately. But like even last year, I think, well, I know my hunting partner, he treated his whole kennel. I think I had to treat five dogs for it. You know, and it, it sucks, but that's where the game is, (laughs) you know, we just, we're really watching. I tell you, I've never watched anything as close as I watched dog poop, you know, like the first (laughs) weird, weird little slime or like the first day of not finishing your food. Cause I mean, you know how it is, you know what your dogs eat and each one of mine are pretty close, but you know, the do- old dogs that leave a couple in their bowl every day, that's no big deal. But when the young dogs are leaving food sitting in their bowl, like I know Sometimes something's up. up and I just hammer yeah. them with it. What yeah. do you dose yours? I mean, this is not veterinary advice. Hypothetically no. speaking, what would you dose your dogs with? 300, 300 milligrams a day. So usually once I do one. Yeah, usually. Well, usually I do 150 twice a day. Um, oh, okay. I. One vet I went to said it doesn't matter if you do it once or twice, but I don't know. I do it twice just to span it out, which um, I like twice too. Funny enough, that's exactly what that's exactly the same dosage I give myself when I've got a flare up is 300 a that's day. Convenient. Yep. <laughs> yeah. No, that that tickborne stuff is bad. I joked around with it but i'm serious i probably should go get tested with as many ticks as we have around here and my joint pains and stuff like that i remember listening i think it was becky dwyer if i remember right you know she's battling it too or has in the past and she talked about it in a podcast i think with i can't remember who she did that one with that's why yeah, well, stuff. and what's weird is just how how different it can affect everybody you know yeah. um there's several people in my family that have it and all of us, you know, some people feel, feel like shit or super achy. And, and I don't get any of that. I had a, I have a knee that I had reconstructed a, a few years ago and this is how I found out I had it. My knee started swelling up and I was like, Oh dang it. Like, do I need a meniscus cleaned up or something? You know? So I went back right. to the ortho and they did an MRI and they're like, yeah, something's not adding up here. Like you're having too many issues for it to be, for it to be something going on, you know, with what we're seeing in this MRI. And they're like, have you ever been tested for limes? And I'm like, well, no, but I wouldn't be shocked to know I had it. Right. It's and no shocker. Yeah. So, you know, they, they gave me a prescription for, for limes and that's my tell, tall tale or uh, my tell is my knee starts swelling up and bugging me. Um, and if I don't treat wow. it, you know, my knee just, you know, you get that swelling in it. And when you're walking around hunting and stuff, you know, that swelling makes everything track differently. You know, your kneecap tracks a little differently and stuff. And it, it really gets to be painful. So that's wow. always my tell is like my knee starts getting a little stiff and I'm like, oh man, here it comes, you know? Right. And 
generally I've been trying to do a bunch of different stuff because I don't think taking doxycycline all the time is probably good for you either. So probably not. My wife's pretty good or pretty big into the, you know, more natural stuff like that, you know. Uh and I, I've been trying some of that stuff, but I don't I don't know that anything's really worked. Knock on wood, I've it's probably been about a year that I've been good now. Um so you gotta go to that hippie voodoo magic. Listen, I, listen yeah. to her and find she'll find something. <laughs> I know, but none of that stuff's free, you know. I mean, it's like oh no, those pills and everything cost money. I mean, you can have a few hundred bucks into something to find out that it doesn't work. So oh yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of that, no and of course, everybody's like, oh, I know what'll fix it. Oh, yeah. Just do it. I got a yeah, dog just do for this. you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. Sure. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. I've heard it all. But. Well, so I mean, like hunting. I mean, you know, you're having a flare up. I don't mean to like go down this trail, but now I'm curious because I've had this thought before. If you're not having a flare up, it doesn't bother you. And other than that, it's just like when it when it decides to flare up randomly. Yep. Yep. Generally, they say that. You know, like say you get your immune systems knocked down or something like that, that right. a lot of times will trigger a flare up. Um, so I had a minor surgery on, I don't even remember what it was now, but I had a minor surgery on something else. And I, shortly after that, Fair. I started noticing it again, you know, and uh, one time I probably after I had COVID or something, you know, I sure. started noticing after that. So it kind of seems like it kind of hits you when you're down, you know, but right. other than my knee, I mean, yeah, maybe I'm a little bit more tired, tired or something, but uh, you know, other than my knee swelling up, that's, that's it. Whereas like my dad, when he gets a flare up, I mean, he's like, Dead. doesn't want to get out of bed, you know? Yeah. Um, it's, it's just well, man, crazy. You're lucky. How, how, well, yeah. I mean, it's I mean, super really annoying, but yeah, for sure. But yeah, it's not it's like a sudden annoying. flare up. You're not like going into a bay job and all of a sudden like no, no, no feelings and yeah. No, nope, it it no, it comes on pretty slow. Like I said, you know, I'll have a a day like that, you know, where I put a lot of miles on or something, and after I'm done, I'm like, oh man, my knee feels like it's getting oh, a little man. stiff, you know. And then the next day, it's like, oh, it's a little more stiff, and then pretty soon you can notice a little bit of fluid building up around there, you know. So yeah, yeah it's yeah. it's it's pretty gradual. Yeah, I hope you don't have one. You got a big couple of months coming up. I don't, First off, yeah. I got to ask though, because you were these cornfield bears. I remember, God, it's probably been like four or five episodes we did ago. But did you get in on any of those uh, good cornfield races this year? Um, well, yes and no. We had one that spent some time. Oh yeah, there, there was a couple of them. Yeah, we did. We did have end up on a couple. Um, yeah, it's, uh, the one we had a guy that it's the first time he's ever gone with hounds. Um, and they had a bait up in the corn and we got close a couple times and I always get down low, like, you know, cause if you get below the, the stalks and stuff, you can see feet to, to see oh, which yeah. direction the bears faced or which way they're going or where the dogs are compared to the bear, you know? And I mean, we were pretty close. I would say we were probably. 30 or 40 yards and I got down low just so I could see where it was and where we had to go to to 
close the rest of that distance. And I look over and they, the guy has got his gun up looking through a scope and he's knelt down oh, too. No. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You know? And well, they ended that they ended up breaking then and, and leaving. But I, you know, I had to tell the guy like, Hey man, we don't, you don't take shots like that in a cornfield. I, I like, if, if we're yeah. shooting this bear, you're going to be over the top of it shooting down. I said, because you know, the road's only 30 yards away and we've got bunch of people and sure. kids and trucks on the road, you know, and, and, and I'm like, and a dog could pop out at any second, oh, yeah, you know, and jump in between that. you and the bear and stuff. So I'm like, you know, uh, I'm like, I'll grab a hold of you and I'll just keep walking you in and you're basically going to have to shoot right down at this thing. So <laughs> it got, it got a little sketchy a couple times, but, um, then that, it actually ended up getting out of the cornfield and they treat it. So. And he was able oh, to put nice. a shot on it. Yeah. Yeah. We got, we got lucky cause it was a, he was an older gentleman too. And it was, it was pretty hot that day as well. And it's kind of getting to the point where we couldn't get, you know, just with him, I, I couldn't get there fast enough and just started thinking, man, if this thing don't go on a tree, it's probably going to get away because there's no way this guy's right. going to be able to close the distance fast enough to, to seal the deal. And, um, thankfully they pushed it out of a cornfield and got it up in a tree. Well, that's nice. Yeah. It doesn't always work like that, but it sure is nice when it does. It's funny. Cause like, I remember hearing that and I never, I don't know why, but I never thought of bears in cornfields. Yeah. And I went out to visit my grandparents like a couple weeks after that. And they said, Oh yeah, we had a bear run across in front of us right down here. And you know, X, Y, Z road. And, uh, I'm thinking, like in the farmland and they said yeah it was running in between the cornfields i'm like no yeah. way i've never even noticed yeah that bear probably hardly leaves them cornfields it seems like a lot of times they i think they can pretty just much live in there this this time of year yep although this year we did not find much for bears in the corn but we had so many acorns this year and they started falling like the end of july early i mean huh? oh and just I mean, you walk through the woods and it's like, you need good boots with ankle support. Otherwise you're going to be rolling your ankles on, on, on acorns. And I've never seen anything like it. And from what I've kind of been hearing, you know, especially the upper Midwest here, everybody's in the same boat. It kind of made it, it kind of made it, uh, made it tough. You know, when there's that much natural food out there, they, they move away from the baits and, um, just get hard to find. Um, I don't think they move much. I don't think Across they have the to board. Yep. Because I mean, I've talked to guys from all over and I know here, especially like there was a lot of natural feed early in season, but it was so much, it was hard to pinpoint anything. Cause we're spotting stock out here, unfortunately, yep. Yep. you know? So it's like, I don't know. It's You didn't have them out in the open where they normally are. Yeah, they're usually out in the clear cuts yep. and, you know, browsing berries. Well, now all of a sudden there were nuts. There were, you know, all kinds of feed out there. Ours are feeding off black caps mainly. And, you know, the blackberries, it was weird because we had two. I mean, we're on third summer, <laughs> it seems like, in Oregon. Because we'd have, we had an early, early heat wave and then we had a freeze. So that really sure. screwed up some of it. But the stuff that lasted through it, I mean, it dropped early. The manzanitas were on super early. And then season rolled around, and that first couple weeks was good. And after that, 
man, it's like it was hard to find in anything except for poison oak berries. And I'm <laughs> sure. not messing with that. If yeah. you've been rolling around in poison oak berries, you get to live another day because I get that <laughs> stuff so bad. <laughs> Yeah, it was weird. We we had acorns falling. Well, we were really dry this year, um, like record dry. I mean, yeah, it was crazy how dry it was. And those the acorns started falling the end of July, and our baits started shut down. You know, you could tell stuff was moving off the baits the end of July, and it's like, well, maybe this is good because, you know, maybe they're falling early. The trees are stressed being so dry, and maybe it'll be done. Yeah. And then by the time our kill season rolls around they won't have a choice but to move back to the bait but man they did they just it kept they kept falling and and never stopped i mean just just the other day i was parked on the side of the road and a handful of them bounced off my the hood of my truck and <laughs> scared the hell out of me you know it, it's it's just crazy yeah so this has well, been one of the toughest done. bear seasons i remember you said you're yeah. done bear hunting, like it's closed, or you just you've decided it's over. Today's the last day of our season, um, but Thursday was a so today is October third. Um, so this and then this past Thursday was the was the last day that I went out. So yeah, it's done, done. The the bait sitters got another week left here. They can they can sit over bait and try to get them, but because um, you flip flop right every year, the yeah. bait sitters go first one year, hounds go first the next cracked up and we went first this year so that's a pretty cool idea that they do it that way though yeah i mean you know you can't make anybody happy the not all the time but half the time you can make them happy <laughs> yeah but there's always people bitching about it. i you know i just look oh, at sure. it as, it's it's the way it is i mean you know it is what it is a lot of people want our season to to start earlier because it i mean it gets too hot well the baits really shut down it seems like september 1st i mean you wouldn't believe how many people you know especially bait sitters will tell you that they have bears coming in during the daytime every night up until the week before season so of course all them want want the season to start earlier but it takes well where i hunt it takes 10 years to draw a bear tag and i i tell them i'm like right. you guys got to realize the dnr takes um success rate into you know they factor that into how many tags they give out so if we start a week earlier yeah it's going to help the the success rates but right now it takes 10 years to draw a tag if the success rates go up what's Point's it's going to yeah it's going to take 13 14 15 years so just because the success rates are higher that that doesn't mean more opportunity um right you know it, they're, they're not they're not just going to keep it status quo and start start a week earlier it doesn't work like that so that points creep is a real deal man i'm fighting it we finally drew i drew my mule deer tag this year we're getting ready to leave on friday but you know that took seven years okay and then the elk hunts i've been putting in for it's like i got nine elk points used to be you could draw a really really good bull tag for yeah. you know, 10 12 now it's like i'm just gonna give up <laughs> like i'm not gonna hold out for some of those big ones because i'd rather eat in the meantime and it's gonna be another you know three years over what it was a couple of years ago it's kind of scary to think about what it's gonna be like in you know 20 years when 
say right. my kids or whatever are, are really getting into it. Um, cause it's like you said, it's changed a lot just in the last 10, 15 years. Um, yeah, no, it's I know I to think about, I apply for, um, out West, a bunch of places where you can just get preference points. Um, uh-huh. just built, trying to build up preference points. Cause right now where I'm at in the stage of my life, I, I don't really have time to go out there elk hunting nor do i want to give up you know and burn brownie points with the wife at home to not yet to go <laughs> to yeah to go somewhere and not use my dogs but you know eventually i'd like to go out west elk hunting or antelope yeah. hunting mule deer hunting whatever and so many of these places it's it's not like you can just decide one year you're gonna go so um i've been just basically banking Point preference savers. points for yeah a bunch of different places and you know here and 10, 15 years, maybe, or whatever. My kids are a little bit older and whatnot. Maybe I can cash in on something, you know, on you a go. good hunt, but, but yeah, it's, it's getting tough for sure. Yeah. No, if you ever make it out West, it is, it is worth the trip for sure. Like I hunted Montana. That was beautiful. We were in the Lee Metcalf for elk and deer. Sure. And even like Oregon, we're just going to central Oregon, but it's, it's so different than where I'm at. You know, it's yeah. big country. Like we have a lot of BLM where I live, but over there it's a lot of National Forest Service, which is way better access, you know, as far sure. as getting around. And yeah. and that's it's the same area that we do our uh, Houndsman for Heroes Bobcat okay. every December. And we got that coming up too. Sure. So it, yeah, just keep putting in for the points is all you can do. <laughs> And yeah, then you go bird hunting in between, right? Like that isn't that where you're headed to next? Yes, yeah, sir. Heading for Montana. Uh, Montana in a couple of days. And I, I'm pretty pumped. You taking I, a couple of dogs or just Jade? I think I'm taking I think we're gonna have six dogs loaded up. Oh geez. But if I had access to twelve 12 dogs that I that I liked, I'd take twelve because you really can't have too many dogs out there. Is it that wild? Just birds everywhere? It's just big country. Um, and it's not like it's not like you're somewhere pheasant hunting where you're hunting a you know, a thirty yard, forty yard wide strip of cattails or something out there. I mean the, the dogs can range for as far as you can see in every direction pretty much. So the dogs just tend to run really big yeah. and and hard. You know, it's not like they get into this slow kind of methodical quarter and back and forth in front of you, you know, they, they just kind of go and, and you can, you can burn dogs out pretty quick. I don't put, you know, we won't put everybody down on the ground at the same time. You just kind of switch them out one walk, you know, the, these two or three dogs, another walk, those two or three dogs and, and just, and keep switching them out just to try to keep them as fresh as possible. Right, because the, the the fresher they are, the more success you're going to have. The more the more country they covered, the more success you're going to have. So, how long are you going to be out there? Um, I'll probably hunt for four or five days. That's that's really pushing it. Um, yeah, unless I had twelve dogs, um, just everybody else be pretty burnt out after after about four days. So, yeah. Hopefully, anyways. <laughs> so, you, and you're leaving this week, and then you get home, and then you're leaving again, 
Like, yeah. No wonder you don't want to burn brownie points on it. Exactly. Yeah, I want to. I want to. Go places with my dogs right now. I, yeah, I don't want right. to use those brownie points going somewhere and leaving them at home. So, yeah, yeah, I got to, I'll be going to Iowa bird hunting yet here too. I think the beginning of November, I'm going there and then, then I'll be going up to British Columbia at the end of, end of November. Yep. Beginning of December. That's the big one. I'm, I'm looking forward to it, man. After bear season got over and for me anyways, and kind of put the hounds away, it's like, that's. That's what I'm starting to think about now. Looking forward to cat yeah. hunting for sure. That's going to be awesome, man. Yeah, I'm, I don't, you know, I, I'm a little apprehensive about it. I've never done it. My dogs have never been on a link. So, you know, you never really know how how they're going to do. I mean, if I, what's well, about 32-hour drive for me. So right, you get up there and your dogs make you look like fools. It could be a really long trip, but. Just plan on that, and then you'll yeah, be happy with exactly. anything else. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I hope they'll do all right. I, you know, I talked to Buddy about it quite a bit, and talked to a couple other guys. I, I, uh, hopefully they'll be all right. But I guess till you cut them loose, and you'll right? never know. You know. See, and like I would have probably zero chance. Like snow hunting, my dogs are just, we don't do it. I never put them in the situation hardly. Yep. I struggle every winter. I hate it when the snow flies for more than one reason. <laughs> but I would love to go up there and hunt them like on the dirt, yeah. like bare ground them. Man, that I think, at least then I think we would stand a chance. But I'm dying to get up there and see one. Those things are like some of the coolest creatures. I know. Like I love fox because they're a cool animal. I like yep. bears because they're a cool animal. Lions, like, I love seeing them and being able to, you know, really analyze them and For even sure. behavior and stuff you learn. And those links are just, I don't know, to me, they're a cross between like an African lion, just like noble and will tear your face off if it had to. But they're, they're gorgeous. That one buddy yeah. got, I saw it mounted and oh my God, that thing. Like they look massive. Those feet are huge. It's crazy to think they don't weigh any more than a bobcat because they just look so much bigger. But well, no, they don't um, weigh any more than your bobcats. That's true. <laughs> you yeah. guys got them gnarly cats out there. For us, it's like swamp yeah, cats. Twenty pounders a good cat. You know, yep. you get to thirty and you're, whew, that's a that's a toad. Sure. So what? I mean, are you just worried about them? taking the scent or i mean because you run bobcat with those dogs yeah don't you yeah i mean a little bit that um there's also going to be a lot of stuff out there that we don't have here that sure i hope i hope they're not like oh hell yeah this is something i never smelled before a moose you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> we actually got a few elk around and uh they're they're trying to they're trying to build an elk herd and, and by by us here in Wisconsin, and we've we've got a few elk around, and I, I've had the opportunity a couple times this this summer. Just uh, I, they never tried to run them. My dogs didn't um, didn't right. try to run them, but you know I got them out and was just like, no, 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 keep going, you know. Um, but you know, you get them in different country, and after being in the in the in the truck for traveling for a few days, I mean, they might oh, sure. be, 
they might be hell yeah for anything, you know? So yeah, logic goes out the window after their box tail. And, and I'm, I hope their bears are hibernated too. Um, yeah. Cause it might see a bear it's, or smell a bear. It's, it's over. Right. I mean, it's all the cat, over. Yeah. The cat hunting's going to be over for a while at that point. So, and that's, I mean, uh, Stuart and buddy were kind of trying to get me to come out beginning of November. And I'm like, do you guys got snow or your bears hibernated? They're like, yeah, not usually. I'm like, well, then I'm out because right. I, I got to know I'm putting them on a cat tracker, you know, I mean, they just been running bears for three months. Uh, there's no way in hell they're, yeah. they're not going <laughs> to be looking. all for doing it. Yeah, exactly. That's what they're no, going to have yeah. on their mind, especially with no snow on the ground. So, so yeah, I mean, and you know, I mean, you hear stories about oh, how hard it is to catch links, how tricky they are and, and stuff. So, you know, like I said, until you put your dogs on them and see how they do, you, you don't really know. So. Yeah, you just drive around with Buddy. He sees him in the road. Yeah, I know. He sent me those videos last past right. spring when he was up there bear hunting. And I'm like, geez, just got me even more fired up for it. I mean, if you're seeing them just being around, I mean, that's that's a good sign because it's like bobcats by us. A lot of people that live up by us don't even know that they exist because you right. never see them, you know? Yeah, and up there he showed me videos. He's like, oh, yeah, that was three different ones. I'm like, what are they? Like, they is please i mean yeah hopefully yeah no kidding hopefully man hopefully then i can put my dogs on one track let them screw that up and then go to a different track and let them screw that up and then you can go find another one (laughs) exactly exactly yeah i'll bet they do all right i mean because you catch cats i mean i'm not a cat hunter i mean and i'm obviously no expert but i don't know like my dogs even bobcats obviously they're not trash right i Mm. mean like i want them to catch a bobcat and we do catch them mainly on bare ground you know if i go to the snow i usually have other dogs there that are then know how to do it you know how to work a snow track because i do think that track style i mean a is 100 percent different between dry ground and being able to slow down and work a snow track like i'm not having the snow versus dirt debate but it is a definitely different different. it's a different track style that some dogs have the ability to do or have been worked enough that can do it and then there's others like like mine that just i never give them the opportunity really to to hone those skills but where you run in the snow i'll bet you i'll bet they do a good job up there I hope, I hope so. so. I, I mean, I had a probably my best my best year ever cat hunting last winter, and the the group of dogs I got right now seem to really do well on cats. I think I only I think I only got one cat jumped last year that I didn't catch, and that was the very first me. cat of the year. So, um, yeah, I, I I think I'm set up pretty well I right now good. <laughs> but you'll like be I all said, right I, you'll never know until you until you try it so yeah it's worth the trip though and you're driving well you know taking taking dogs i guess yeah, yeah. you pretty much have to but it's I'll all bet. and gas prices aren't aren't doing me any favors either um as far as how much a trip's gonna cost me what is it out there 
pushing four bucks. Oh, I don't even want to talk to you right now. Yours is way more. Dude, we just hit $5 oh for, yeah, it's $5 cash in most places is like five fifteen using a card. It, it's seriously, I'm telling you right now, I don't even want to get started on it, but it has seriously changed a lot of people's hunting. Like we yeah. all know that because it hits hard. I'm sorry. Like the days that you used to be able to go out and hunt for, you know, 30, 40 bucks for a weekend. Like nah, that's, those... that's over that little tracker. I swear. I feel weird as heck driving it, but by God, 30 miles a gallon and I can go hunt for 20, 30 bucks. That used to take me two trips, but at least now I can get them out once. And yeah, it's pretty nuts. And then you get over a, the border and it's like by liter. And then you're going to be having to do conversion. Yeah. And that's, I heard that Canada, it's even higher yet. And I'm yeah. taking my, my Tundra out and that sucker gets about eh, 11 miles a gallon. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Thankfully it's uh, got a 36 gallon tank, so I can still go a ways, but you, you got to take out a loan to fill the damn thing. But right. Well, at least you don't have to worry about Buddy leaving you at the border. Like, you're in control of your own <laughs> destiny. Yeah, because he'd do that, too. Oh, I guarantee it. There is, <laughs> I mean this very nicely, but if he is on his way to go cat hunting, there is nothing that's going to stop him. As far as, like, <laughs> mechanical failures, just shit shows, whatever. Like, there is always a way. I yep. Like I said, I'm not a cat hunter, but he's that way with cats like i am with the fox or yeah. you know like we used to be with bears he Tunnel really vision. does well yeah i mean it's he wants to go bad i remember like that first trip because you won the hunt how many has it been two years no i didn't win the hunt i wish i would have won the hunt oh i thought for some reason i was thinking you won the hunt you're just going no, up i'm just going up yeah that's right can we can we try to get Buddy to think I won the hunt? Yeah, I wish. <laughs> I won the hunt with you. We put it in as a team. <laughs> you, you, you must have forgot, Buddy. Yeah. yeah. No, I forgot, man. It was those COVID years. It was like, yep. I know that it all got screwed up and couldn't get over the border. And I remember he asked me, he's like, you want to go? I'm like, I'm not getting poked to go. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I want to go kill a lynx, but not that bad. And he's like, I'm going hunting. <laughs> yeah. No, and those guys up there, I mean, they, it sounds like they do a pretty good job anyway, like um, with information and helping guys out. Sure. It sounds like you had some guys you were really kind of leaning on there. Well, buddies helped me, uh, you know, that, and that makes it easier knowing, knowing somebody that's been there, knowing, what you're getting yourself into, you know, that, that takes, that takes some of the stress out of it too, you know, versus just Googling links hunting Canada and right. calling the, the first place, you know, I mean, you, you don't know what you're walking into, but, um, being able to talk to buddy and, and, you know, know that he, he's gone up there with those guys numerous times and knows them well, you know, that, right. uh, you, you know, you're not getting set up on something that, that's not going to happen or, or um, going to be a sketchy, sketchy experience. So 
Um, that makes I it. Hope that, you, I hope you have a good time, man. I hope Dudley Do Right doesn't cause you any problems at the border. I know. I I, I gotta. I've talked to Buddy about it a little bit. I, I need to talk to Stewart again too, and just make sure I got my all my ducks in a row for getting a gun across and the dogs across. You know, you don't want to get there and because I'll be a third of the way into the trip or, you know, I'll be over 10 hours into the trip before I get to the border. So, um, having to turn around and go back home for something or, or whatever, that's not, that's not an option. So no, No, luckily they've done the paperwork a lot. They know how to do it. He'll help you out. (laughs) That's what I'm hoping for. Oh, I hope you have a safe trip, man. I want to report afterwards. I expect updates. For sure. Well, hopefully, hopefully you can get up there too, man. One of these days, it would it would be really nice. I know we had talked about getting up there. Um, I know my travel schedule is going to be a little nuts too, because I'm I'm hoping to get down to Nevada this year. We've been putting that off forever. Just I don't know. I got in this groove where I'm like, I'm going to get the dogs ready before I go, and it's. We're going to really hunt them hard. And then it's stuff after, you know, one after another. And you realize you can do everything you want to be ready. But realistically, you're going to go down and you're going to hunt for two days. And your dogs are going to be, you know, either tired or done. You know, we don't hunt the snow. So that's going to be different. But if you don't go, you never get to check it off the list. And I got to really It's all about the experience. Yeah, and I got a good buddy down there that's like, come on down. And I I would love to. I've known this guy for, I mean, since my very first trip and first event as Plumtree. Sure. I, I met this guy, and we've just became friends over the years. So, Roger, if you're listening, I am really trying to make it down there this year. <laughs> but, yeah, man, be safe. Keep me updated. I really appreciate you coming on, and we'll have to catch you when you get home. For sure. I'll have a busy fall to talk about. Yeah, no kidding. We'll have to do a (laughs) two-parter. For sure. For sure.